0: Hi everyone, today's guest is a very inspiring woman that I've personally known for a decade. She's a social media influencer. She also has a YouTube channel sharing Vedic wisdom. A mom of four and a very dear friend, it's Kishori Jani.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Kishori Jani. Um, Some of you may know me, some of you may not. I uh, try to share, um, you know, ideas about Sanatana Bharma and um, Vedic wisdom online and I'm a mom of four I teach Sanskrit part-time I'm really uh, happy to be here with Raki speaking about um, motherhood and how we can feel a bit more empowered in our own skin so thanks for having me Raki.
0: No problem so let's start with the big question I think all us moms kind of get asked this question at some point what do you do other than being a mom and I mm. think that that in itself kind of brings a lot of questions, and you start to think, what do I do other than a mom? But why mm. do we have to question that? So mm. I want you to kind of give us your knowledge um, as to <laughs> as to how how to feel empowered when you get yeah. asked these questions, and ultimately, why do we need to be more than just mm. a mother, like to be able yeah. to be fulfilled? So mm. if there's any any knowledge that you have yeah. on that. <laughs>
1: It's a very, very relevant question because um, I, I don't even know if it's so much other people asking. Now I find that more and more in my conversations, it's the mums themselves. I feel like we ourselves uh, have this expectation that somehow motherhood is just going to be a phase in our life that we just have to kind of get over and then we get back to life. So uh, get back to our real identity. Uh, personally even myself I remember becoming a mom for the first time um, I did have a real identity crisis I'm like because all of a sudden your life stops whatever you've been doing so far it stops and you have to really slow down and reassess okay this is my new reality so I think most moms will go through that um, re uh, realigning of the ident- identity and Some of us will deal with it better than others. Personally, I don't remember ever a time thinking, I'm going to have lots of kids, and I'm going to be a mom. That wasn't really my goal growing up. I was quite a bit of a tomboy, and uh, I considered myself a feminist. I didn't even think I was ever going to get married. I just wanted to have a career and be self-sufficient and, you know, not have to rely on anyone. And I spent a good, good amount of my energy just on that. And when I went to America, I did my uni there and I worked there for quite a few years. I realized that the feminist dream and ideal is a little bit misleading because we we sell ourselves this idea that we can do it all. We, we should therefore be able to do it all. Like if I tell you, Rocky, you can do it all, inherent in that statement is actually a little bit of, the assumption that if you can do it all therefore you probably should do it all and so we I think we buy into that narrative in the name of feminism and we we tend to just get carried away that okay well we have to have a career we should be self-sufficient and um, you know motherhood if it comes along that's great but you know when I get back to my career that's that's who I really am yeah. my identity is my degree my um source of income, my prestige and my name, and uh, how society view me is most definitely more than a mom. (laughs) And it's actually really subtle. It's a very subtle narrative that just goes deeper and deeper within. And I'm finding it um, just rampant everywhere. Now there's even uh, the idea that you can't even say mother, like the NHS, NHS have adopted a new lingo where you can say you should say parent one parent two because motherhood itself is now kind of taken out of the woman identity i'm not trying to you know i have nothing against the trans uh, community or trying to incorporate and adapt to include them that's great but we should be really mindful of what what it then does to the identity of womanhood itself and motherhood itself it's it's kind of on the same vein, excluding the, the part of us that is so inherent. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's uh, taking away from our identity. And it's really subtle. Like, if you can't say the word mother, you're kind of saying, well, that, that biological function that we have is not really that important. It's just kind of secondary. It's there, yeah. and you, you know, you just, you just deal with it and kind of overcome overcome your biological limitation. It's really just so shocking and the how destructive that can be to our uh, identity. Once we enter motherhood, I'm not saying everyone's going to be a mother, but most of us are going to become mothers. And if we've constantly been uh, like taking in those narratives that somehow our biology is limiting for us, the feminine aspect of us, of having a womb, having our periods, having hormonal changes throughout the month, going through menopause, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things somehow are limitations to our final agenda of having a career and all that. If we buy that narrative, then motherhood itself becomes an obstacle, becomes a phase that we just have to endure. And um, that's really sad. There's a movie out right now. This is a little bit off topic, but it's called Don't Worry Darling. I haven't watched it, but I watched the previews and I was I was really disappointed with it because it, on the surface it seems like a feminist movie, you know, trying to kind of warn the woman the woman that don't just trust a man, don't just go with your feminine instinct of wanting to be loved and want to be taken care of somehow that those instincts are weak. And if we give in to just loving a man who tells you, don't worry, darling, uh, it's all taken care of, somehow that's kind of a weakness in us. You know what I mean? Like, it's a really subtle thing because it's supposed to be empowering. When you watch that movie, you're supposed to think, oh, I, I should just become self-sufficient and I should not have to rely on anyone. I should never give myself to the degree that some man is going to take advantage of me. And I get it. I think that's a bit of a cliched narrative now. Yeah, I feel like we have kind of over it now, like man as the abuser and man as the one who is trying to hold us back and hold us down. Yeah, I feel like now the narrative is so much more that we ourselves put so much pressure on ourselves that we can't trust anyone. Yeah. I think that's the bigger issue. For some, okay, there are abusive relationships and I get that, you know, like we have to be really careful not to get into abusive relationships. And and of course, men can be perpetrators of the abuse, but the ability to trust is really rare these days, especially for young girls who might be looking for like, okay, how, guidance, how do I find a partner? Should I even find a partner? Yeah. You know, that movie is gonna put you off. <laughs> Finding any kind of man in your life. Because it just assumes men are out to abuse us and it's a power trip and it's always a competition. I have talked to women who are actually feeling competitive with their own husband, feeling like, well, my husband has such a great job and he earns so much money. So I, I should also have to contribute in that way. I should also have to, um, I should be able to also be a valuable member of society despite being a mom of two or three or four. I'm like, that blows my mind. It's just such a, what the heck have we sold? What pill have we swallowed that's telling us that being a mother is not enough? That's telling us, um, you know, whatever, whatever crazy, you know, um, narratives that we repeat to ourselves. And that is really, really disheartening because the more I speak to women, there's, there's quite a few that that, you know, get in touch with a lot of a lot of modern women who are working mothers and there's so much anxiety there's so much confusion there's so much pain that's being experienced because we cannot do it all it's yeah. not physically possible it's not but but we but we feel like we should be able to do it all because you know men are doing so much but we're different and if we don't acknowledge that's that our biology is different if we're just going to suppress the biology um it's a really heavy price that we pay for it i also think it's
0: kind of lost in translation a little bit because when they talk about men and women being the same they're not talking about it physiological and i think a lot of people think that because some because like say your partner's doing it or your husband's doing it you should be able to do it but men and women are very different like (laughs) things we can and I'm do. Gonna be giving birth anytime soon like so then so then you know being able to try and be the same it just doesn't make sense like mm. we have we have talents where mm. we're better they have talents that they're better mm. but that doesn't mean we have to always like you're saying compete I think it's lost in translation because I don't think that that narrative of men and women being equal is that I think no, it's just definitely. taken literally and then everyone's just kind of gone with it but
1: it's, it's more, it's not even that the husband has asked this wife yeah. any. It's not even the men. I'm not the competitive spirit is actually coming from within us. Yes, yes. It's not that society is telling us that. It's not that the husband is saying, Well, you need to go back to work and you need to make as much as I do. Maybe some husbands might be abusive like that. But the the women I'm talking to are very powerful, capable women. And they're I think we're doing that narrative to ourselves because we're because somehow the idea is that that like we just said being at home looking after the kids and being there present with them mm-hmm. is somehow secondary it's a it's a less important job or it's not as fulfilling or whatever whatever we've convinced ourselves we're not comfortable with just doing that and for me that's been a huge transformation like when i when the you know the light went off when it dawned on me that actually this is the most joyful i've ever been Becoming a mother has been the most powerful experience of my life. The biggest miracles of my life have been in motherhood. Of course, it's hard work. Of course, it's like thankless task. Of course, it's what did you say? We were just talking about it. You said and, and the average working mom works how many hours? Yeah, 98 hours per week. So it's the same as
0: uh, working two and a, two and a half full-time jobs a, week. Is a it's crazy isn't it so yeah. that study was done 2018 there was actually a study conducted for this so I do yeah. my mind I was like oh my god this is a lot a lot of hours <laughs> to rake in
1: <laughs> no wonder why we're feeling so much anxiety and pressure yeah but it's not someone else who's telling us that we have to live that life it's not it's actually my my greatest like realization is that we're doing this to ourselves and I just want to anyone listening to this please let's 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 reject that narrative that we can do it all. I reject the narrative that I have to do it all because I can do it all. Yes. Sure, I could. But at what cost? At what cost? My mental health, my physical health, the health of my children, the mental stability of the family, it's absolutely... The price that we're paying is ridiculous. Yeah. It's too much. And it's not just affecting ourselves. It's it's affecting the entire family family dynamics. Children... Are being affected by it if anyone's heard of gabor mate i really highly recommend uh listening to him and his parenting advice because i really buy into the idea that attachment parenting is so important uh giving that um very conscious attention and time to our children can literally change their lives it can literally uh save them from anxiety in the future and all kinds of mental you know, instabilities and learning disabilities because they feel fulfilled then. If if we give our children actual um, love and time with, a, with t- attention, actual attention, not just being present with them, but actually being engaged and showing them that we're happy to be here. That's actually the, the secret that the child can pick up. Oh, my mother's here, but is she really here? Does she want to be here with me? That's, that's what they're actually picking up on, the energy. That does this parent want to be here with me? Do they find joy in my presence? The child picks up on that. Their energy-soaking, absorbing um, living spirits. You know, The child, all it needs is, the, is knowing that I'm valuable, that my parents actually uh, want me around, and I'm not a burden on their time and energy and money. That I think very, very few of us have experienced it in our life and are able to give it. Yeah.
0: So going back to when you said that we are, we're kind of bringing this narrative for ourselves. Where do you think that's coming from? Where do you think it's kind of come from? Because obviously we've not just woken up thinking, oh yeah, this is not, this is not my purpose or this is not fulfilling. How do you think over time it's kind of built up to this thing that we've just got it, built-in us that as soon as we become a mother I know like some of the moms I speak to they, they're pregnant they've already decided when they're going back to work <laughs> and they've mm. already got it all planned out that as soon as the baby goes into you know this much they're going to go into childcare. I'll be starting my work Um, and obviously motherhood isn't like that you don't know what's really going to happen like to that mm. level but mm. like where do you think that's come from that thinking
1: I mean besides the fact that probably a lot of us need two-income households but if that, 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 that's fine, that's understandable. If you, you, if you require, uh, it's a requirement, you've got to, that's just what you've got to do. But what's beautiful is that the child knows the difference. If a mother is just going back to work because she wants to, that child is going to know. Yeah. Because even when you come back from work, that mother is not really going to be present because actually the entire motherhood experience is just a phase, like I said. And the point is to get over it right? So it's not about whether we work or not, or how many hours of the day we're actually spending with the child. It's about what are we saying in those hours of the day? I have really good friends who work crazy jobs, um, very powerful careers. And uh, yet when they come back, it's, it's about what you're doing with your child when you're back with them. The quality, isn't it? As the quality. Because yeah. I also know moms who are with their children the whole day, and you can just see that they're not present. They're not actually there in in energy. They're not actually there in in spirit. They're just you may be spending twelve hours a day with the child, but completely resenting that time and experiencing it as a burden. Yeah. And the child knows this is a real secret. The child will know whether you want to be there or not. Yeah. So you could be doing spending crazy amounts of money and trying to just you know, get through the time. Or you could spend absolutely nothing, doing absolutely yeah. nothing, but just sitting there with the child. The child would know the difference. So we cannot fake it. We can't fake that that bond and that connection. So my big push to anyone hearing this is let's change our own mindset because there's nothing else that can be done. Yeah. You know, it's not about where you are or how many hours of work you do. It's about how we approach motherhood itself. What is the mindset we're entering? If we approach it just like a burden, just like a phase we need to get through, just like um, you know everyone's doing it, I just need to tick this box, then that's equivalent experience we're gonna have. Or we could go back to our roots. This is why I just love the ideas in Sanatana, and Parama and the Vedic philosophy and the wisdom because motherhood is sacred. Right from the get-go, we're trained. In fact, narrative is given to us that motherhood is worshipable. The first guru is the mother. As soon as a woman becomes a a pregnant lady, we worship her. We literally actually do an arti to the pregnant lady. And she is is viewed as a representation of Lakshmi herself, of the goddess, the divine goddess herself. Everyone in the household will try to feed her and buy presents for her and make her feel so special. Like, like the entire world depends on you. And that this act that you're doing is so uh, profoundly beneficial for the entire human race. And it is, it is. But if we don't buy into that narrative and if we, then how can that experience yeah. you know, yeah. awaken in us? It has to be, like you're saying, you ask the question, where is the narrative coming from? And I'm sorry to say, but it's the Western, Western idea that we are all valued simply based on our capitalist output. Raki, you're only worth the amount of money you make yeah. or the amount of degrees that you have or what is your net worth in, cap, in the capitalist system. And what's so sad is that if that's the only worth that men and women have, women will always lose so i reject it i reject the system that only values me based on money mm-hmm. or what output or what production i can do to to uh, you know further this capitalist agenda i refuse to be uh, valued at face value at a monetary uh, means and i therefore realize that actually all of our ancient wisdom everything our Great great grandparents have ever been trying to tell us, hey, slow down during your periods. Hey, take the time out. Yeah. You know, that's not to oppress us. That's not to abuse us and to just make us like tied down to the kitchen and just make us little baby making machine. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was so that we believed in ourselves, so that we actually valued the sacred, miraculous journey that motherhood is. And I tell you, you know, I had four babies, and I would keep going, because the joy that that I' actually experienced when when you believe in yourself, when you believe in the role of motherhood, when you um, transform it into something spiritual, we have the power to transform it from completely mundane, materialistic, capitalistic venture to something completely sacred and spiritual. We, have the power to change that belief system but we're gonna have to be mindful of what we put in i reject movies like don't worry darling or like the every other countless uh garbage that's coming out t- trying to tell women well unless you're like miss marvel or something like super bionic. human <laughs> bionic yeah. unless you're something superhuman you're not really you know you're worth yeah. your your weight, you know you're not really worth your weight. Yeah. So I'm just so grateful to be a mother and uh, I, if anyone's listening to this, any mothers listening to this, just know that you are extremely valuable and that you're miraculous and that you're you know don't let anyone else tell you that your time that you're spending with your child is a waste of your time or not bringing in enough money and just everything else can wait your child is not going to be a child for long and whatever we give in that moment whatever spiritual connection we can make not material not about what we're doing with them it's about how we're feeling with them it's about our own mental space if we can really take care of our positivity that's what's going to flow through to the child and last a lifetime yeah
0: i suppose a lot of motherhood isn't quantitative like you can't even say that you have done this 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 a lot of it is working in the shadows to help nurture this child to bring this child and all that you can't put a price on you can't no. you, there's nothing you can't forget the price you can't even like say oh i achieved this much today because there's there's no result like you know it's not like an on-off button. You switch it on and you know okay electricity is here it's not like that so a lot of the stuff that mothers do and a lot of fathers have started doing as well yeah. um it's a lot of things that people can't on the outside see what you've done absolutely and I think that's that's the biggest thing like we shouldn't be looking out I keep pushing this thing that we shouldn't be looking outwards for validation because mm. no one's walking in your shoes no one knows your journey no one sees the hard work you're putting in All Yes, you know so why do other people's opinions matter so much why does your well, validation whole, matter so much? <laughs> yeah.
1: yes but that's a whole spiritual journey I think um, the, you know, I was just teaching the Bhagavad Gita course and the first entire section is about that journey, like recognizing that you are a spirit soul, that your atma is satchidana, the eternal, full of light, full of joy. But that confidence and security can only come through deep spiritual realization because otherwise we're constantly, like you're saying, looking for validation everywhere. We're looking for someone else to tell us our worth. Like, oh, this paycheck tells you how much you're worth. Yeah, you know, and, material and, stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and it's true. Like you're saying, you can't quantitatively uh, say that you. Oh, oh, Rocky, you've done so much. Yeah, but but that has to be for us to recognize. When I see my children happy, flourishing, you should know. You should know that what you're doing is completely invaluable. There is no price you can put on it. That child that is in your care and so dependent on you and their entire future rests on whether you are happy with them literally all the child needs to know is that i'm i am not a burden i am not taking away from my mother's life i'm not taking away from my father's life because a lot of the times the message we're giving to them is not now later don't don't bug me don't you know don't be in my space don't be in my time um and that that is the most uh you know, dangerous thing we could be doing because the child that's where our sense of lacking comes. If our own parenting was such that, you know, the child is secondary, I'm not saying everything has to revolve. I'm not a very, I'm actually, you know, we have a lot of rules and regulations in the household because it's not about just saying yes to everything. It's not about just saying, yeah, do whatever you want. That's not what I mean. I mean, we're going to do everything together. going to be very structured very spiritual we're going to do everything that you need to your homework this, that all the structure that you can think of but i'm going to be here with you and i'm going to value it with you because i value you and i want to um you know help you on this journey so it's very tricky because a lot of the times we want to say we love you through things and just saying yes to everything but that also is completely gives the opposite result because Mm -hmm. It's not just about saying yes to everything. It's about being um, present enough and having enough time to discipline for each particular situation and guiding through all the, and it just takes so much energy and so much time that it is a full-time and plus job, just motherhood itself. So the idea that we've got to have a full-time job and do that, it's almost impossible. Of course, many women do it and they do a grand job of it. But if you could have the choice to stay home, why wouldn't we take it?
0: That's very interesting you say that, that if you had the opportunity, why wouldn't you take it? And I think a lot of moms probably wouldn't take it in today's day and age if they had that option.
1: Moms are honest with each other when they say, we, I go back to work because I bloody need to. I yeah. need it. just an escape from it. And that's fine. And we can laugh about it. And I might even agree with you. I need an escape sometimes. I totally do. But as long as it's not a permanent escape, you know, go away for, you know, a couple of hours out of the week. That's what I do. You know, go and meet some friends or, you know, I, I do what I need to, but to fill my cup. Yeah. But if you're just taking a job so that you can, that's a long time to be away. Then the child knows. Yeah. Then the child knows that actually she, she doesn't really want to spend time with me. Yeah. So I have uh, my, my Babi, Chanda Babi, she's an incredible lady. She has three kids and she has to work because, you know, it costs a lot of money to raise three kids. But when she's back at home, you know, she just makes the home so much fun. The kids know that my mom wants to be with me. And the fact that she's at work, um, it, that's just circumstantial. She has to go to work because we need the money. But when she's back, they know mom loves me and (laughs) everything she's doing is for me you know she's not trying to just get away from me so children are very very smart with energy with with emotions they're emotionally very in tune we cannot hide that so we have to just be honest with ourselves and if we're struggling in that relationship of motherhood I think that change can only come from within first
0: so with this like because one of the big things of starting this podcast is when we become pregnant and then we go to these antenatal classes it's all about the baby right they teach you how to mm-hmm. feed the baby they teach you if your baby cries like this they want this need but there's generally nothing about what to do for the mothers I mean I think people forget that when a child's born the mother is born as well they don't have yeah. one with like a, a manual to say oh this is what's going to happen in life and you're mm-hmm. going to have a baby and this is one of what you're going to go through yeah. so one of the biggest kind of things that i want to push through this podcast is trying mm. to get people mothers in particular to kind of understand that these things happen this is how your mindset would be this is what mm. you might be up against where to go for support and i think that you know that village that everyone keeps talking about i yes. think that has changed for a modern <laughs> so i think going back to what you were saying about like mm. the vedic system there's a lot of traditions out there that mm. Help this village to be there for the mom. Like I know, like when you have a a baby six weeks, you don't go out, you don't do anything. You literally
1: take care of the baby, and that's That's it. Exactly.
0: And I think we're kind of losing that a little bit in today's day and age as well. Because you know, I know with my first, I did it. I think even with my second, I did it. But there, with my third, I think after after three weeks, I was like, right, I'm I'm ready now. Let's start. Let's start life again. Um, but I think it's so needed to go back to kind of Mm. how our our previous generation our grandparents how mm-hmm. they kind of took to the whole motherhood um yeah. and I think that would be really really good if you know we could have that knowledge because I don't think we have that knowledge anymore I think it's mm-hmm. just been lost as generations gone on a little bit
1: absolutely I, I I had the opposite experience because I didn't really like I've come to this late but with my first with Raman I just kind of I think within the first 10 days, I was going to the temple and doing all kinds of stuff because I didn't really, I was still a feminist, hardcore, I still am. But thinking, oh, psh, I'm not going to be limited by this thing, by people telling me, you know, old wives tales, these, these old ladies telling me I should just rest. Like, I thought I knew better. We always think we know better. And of course, with the first one, I had a, a lower back pain that started because I started too early
0: yeah. and
1: I should have rested and I should have eaten the right foods. And it's still there. So with every pregnancy, we don't realize what it's going to take. But women who've been through it will tell you, yeah. hey, if you don't rest now, you're going to pay for it for the rest of your life. So this is the idea. If we don't acknowledge our so-called biology, you know, nowadays you can't even mention it's a, a woman is someone who has a period. You'll get canceled. I'm, I'm going to get canceled if I say that. A woman is someone who can give birth. So the idea is to just pretend like that biology isn't there Mm -hmm. and that's really detrimental because all it's doing is that when you go through that biology you're going to try to avoid it you're going to try to neglect it you're going to try to suppress it and we're just going to keep feeling the physical the mental the emotional stress throughout so with the first i got lower back pain which took years to get rid of because i didn't take care of myself i did not want to be limited by my experience With the second, I had a mini prolapse. With the third, I learned my lesson. I stayed put for 40 days and I ate all the right foods and I had a wonderful experience. Mm. So it's just, it's really shocking because you're right. We think all these so-called ancient stuff is all just to, you know, and it's being lost. It's, it, it's being lost because we're accepting the different narrative yeah. that everything Indian or old is somehow, you know, oppressive. It's somehow backward. But I am here to tell you through firsthand experience that listen to everything your grandma's telling you, man, just, just write it all down because it is being lost. And I, and I, you know, as soon as I had that experience, I was like, I need to, you know, start making videos about this, just like you wanting to, start making videos because as soon as you have that awakening and that light goes off you're like i want to tell everybody because yeah. you're right the antenatal classes are not going to tell you <laughs> they don't they have- don't even tell you
0: anything literally you walk in thinking yeah yeah I know everything about this child but then when sleep deprivation what, you- said, what do I do <laughs> like how do I deal with it and I think if we knew how to deal with these things I think it would stop so many issues like postnatal depression like you know all the anxiety that comes along with it all of these kind of issues because we we're walking into unknown territory we don't know how to deal with this we're going on what people around us are going on but obviously they all come with their own narratives and their own things so you don't
1: really know should I go this way should I go this way what's the right way we're having to reinvent the wheel each time any woman gets pregnant and that's just really absurd absurd like we we should be See, the other thing is a lot of women don't even come to ask. So many girls, I'm like, well, don't you want to know? Like I get surprised when a new mother or a new lady is getting pregnant and they don't even have any questions. I'm like, okay, you know, I wait for the for after pregnancy. Then they're like, oh, hey, hey. you know, got you list. <laughs> have- Yeah, so if, if you're thinking about having a baby, ask someone yeah. around yeah. you who's already had a kid. Don't be, you know, just let that guard down, let that ego down and just be like, hey you know, what are your tips? Mm -hmm. Because it's really hard in this day and age, we're kind of pretend like we know it all, or Google knows it all, or YouTube will know it all. But there's nothing like firsthand experience. There's nothing like someone who can be there as a friend, a mother who's already done it, ask them, someone who's actually done it, maybe without so many obstacles, ask someone who's, you know, followed, and it worked for them. Because that was the ancient tradition, you listened to the elders in the In the community someone who's already been through it yeah and we're finding it really hard these days because we don't want to accept that kind of other authority we don't want to give anyone else the power whereas we'll go to an antenatal class and believe everything they say but god forbid your grandmother says something you know god forbid your mother is telling you something or your your mother-in-law is telling oh well forget that why should i believe anything she's saying why yeah. Why do we have such a blockage against taking help from other women? But instructors at antenatal classes or the nurse and the doctors is fine. Yeah. We have lost faith in our own Hindu identity, in our own Vedic system, in our own ancient cultures. And that's actually the saddest part for me because um, we're just shooting ourselves in the feet. You know, We're going to have to reinvent the entire thing ourselves and learn the hard way like I did, mm-hmm. like I did. You know, and I, so it's yeah. I now want to shout it off the rooftops that hey, you know, everything old isn't old. I think it's all all making a comeback as well, though, isn't it? Like,
0: is it? Oh, yeah. Don't we have like doula's now that basically do the same thing as I remember That's my my grandma that. doing for for <laughs> us? Like, that there's an actual person that comes out to look after you and your baby, to massage your baby. All those crazy amounts of money for that. Yeah, think. exactly. But this is what my grandma used to do for us,
1: like. Mm there was a village doula who charged nothing. She wasn't even paid. She just went around and helped out and she... so let's not knock what we don't know you know especially with our Vedic culture because um yeah, everything I've gained from it is, is really profound. it's a it's an identity um, like a reality like like it's actually helped me understand that my experience of motherhood is sacred yeah. and it's given me all the tools that I've needed and Yes, we, we're going to have to adjust, you're right, like you're saying that, you know, we don't have that support system anymore, but we can also look online, like the same places that I'm kind of knocking, like Google and YouTube will also have, you know, this podcast will be somewhere where you can then, you know, know where to go from that, go to your grandparents, yeah. open yeah. up an Ayurvedic book, open up something that will tell you um, that, hey, what you're going through is not just you by yourself, Um yeah there's we will have to just be a little bit mindful of filtering the narratives that come in that's it
0: yeah and I think also with that like I'm saying the support isn't there anymore but I think it's a different kind of support
1: yeah I think
0: that's where it will come down we we have a support but it's not your traditional friends family immediate family that kind of thing anymore now it's well, wider, not slightly. yeah it's more mm-hmm. of a wider thing now where you have to look external a little bit but I think we as mothers need that confidence to be able to ask or to be able to look or to go beyond our day-to-day people because I think that's where, that's the only way to learn, right? That's the only way you're going to learn. You, if you're constantly going like, I think I was, um, my previous podcast, it was on uh, birthing, like having a positive birth. And she said it, like, everyone around her was, uh, before she got pregnant, there was a lot of issues within the family with getting pregnant and things like that and that's all she had so she innately started thinking yeah. that that's what's going to happen and she was mentally preparing herself to that but she got mm. pregnant straight away and she she had no problems in that mm. sense so i think if we go into motherhood with an open mind i think that's that makes masses of difference like i'll tell you about myself mm. with my first second and third i've gone in saying whatever's going to happen is just going to happen like we have to go with the know. flow, leave it up to you know higher authority or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I'm not joking, my pregnancy, my birth was so easy considering all the other stuff that I got told. So, yeah. easy. and yeah. even after, to be honest, even after, it's not been hard as that. So I think yeah. for me, it's, it's been more external things, pressures and expectations and all of that. But in terms of if I look at, strip it all back and just look at my pregnancy, mm. m- myself, my mm. birth, it was so easy like when people talk to me I'm like birthing is a breeze like there's nothing wrong with it but I think mm. it's because I went in with that mindset that there mm. isn't you know if we're just going to get on with it things will all go good you know mm. if we need it obviously complications arise. Mm. um but the way you deal with those complications and those consequences that makes a difference I think
1: yeah and it and it, I'm sure your mindset uh, had all the yeah. effects so for sure for sure that the, the entire um, system of Koro, looking after the, the the pregnant lady, it's about that mindset. It's about like empowering you and thinking, hey, this is such a special time. We're all so excited. We're all waiting for this baby and everyone's praying. everyone's um, So that helps build that positive mindset. Yeah. Now, if we don't, I mean, you know, you've got baby showers. It's something similar. Nowadays in the modern world, we've got everyone coming together and trying to, hopefully be positive and actually give blessing. But I agree that mindset of, of going, and I had a similar mindset. I was just like, especially about pain. Yeah, um, I think the spiritual, uh, my own spiritual sadhana and practices had had kind of allowed me to understand that pain isn't necessarily like this thing to be afraid of. Mm. You know, pain does not have to be associated with fear. We can actually... Um, embrace that pain with the idea that it's it's allowing me birth into a whole nother world. You know, nothing comes without pain in life. We were working hard for all of our accomplishments. So specifically with pain, your relation, my relationship with pain has changed because every time I, you know, after you go through the first birth and you realize, oh, this is very painful, and then you get pregnant again, you think, okay, it's painful, but I got something so beautiful out of it that okay, I'm not going to think of pain with fear. I'm going to just go into it thinking, it's just a rite of passage. It's going to be temporary. And I'm going to get through this with a lot of strength and a lot of, um, yeah, positive mindset. And that definitely made a difference.
0: makes a massive difference.
1: I yeah, also but- found, like,
0: I think with that as well, I think when you've just given birth, that first, I don't know about you, but all that pain and whatever you go through the minute you put baby on you just forget it all it's just like yeah. it's gone like you know what exactly. else and then and then afterwards when you come back to reality again then
1: you realize well, and, actually, those stitches all and you feel all the stitches like oh yeah I did yeah. go through all that you know so you need you need your 40 days or a yeah. month of rest and that's your birthright you know like don't give it up because you think it's limiting my, my, my point would be that to to own it you know take that time off you yeah. deserve it and ask for help it's not about You know, you're going to have to humble yourself. Ask for help. It doesn't mean you're any less. It doesn't make you less strong. You know, take the help. Let other people cook for you for the first few weeks. um, We know people in um, Alachua around the spiritual community where they have a meal train. Like everyone in the community gets together because, you know, they don't all have their in-laws or their parents around. And so if you've got a group of friends, they can come together. Everyone can cook you know, once every two weeks, that's not so hard. Yeah. And drop off some food for you and your family. So it just takes a bit of the edge off till you get your mind and body back <laughs> recovered. And then you can, then you can run around and do all the things that we're itching to do. But I think it's, it's great that we we're now
0: like, especially through this podcast, I haven't realized how many moms have actually started changing the way they think and how mm-hmm. they've actually started changing the narrative. I think this generation, I think we're, we're full of like game changers here. Like hopefully for the next generation or the generation after that, hopefully things will start changing a little bit. But there has definitely been a shift, I've noticed,
1: with the way you think now. Well, think I've was... seen the shift in myself. So yeah. I can know only... and then you see you here have those similar conversations. Yeah. I do I do agree, but but I still sense that even within I'm not even talking about just postpartum. Even when the kids are three, four, five, seven years old, I'm more and more conversations are anxiety-based. Women are still not comfortable with just the idea of, well, oh, now I need to race to get back into the career and be productive and um, be doing all these things. And it's that still is a mindset shift that I I don't think we've reached that one. Maybe we're changing some of the you know, holistic practices that we do, but the, the shift in our actual womanhood and identity, that's a, I think that's going to be a real lifelong kind of um, acceptance that my menopause, all of the stuff that's coming is not limiting me. I'm not less because I'm not doing the same amount that my husband or, you know, all these other people are doing that is gonna have to literally take therapy like literally take every day you're gonna have to have those conversations with yourself until you're completely comfortable in your skin and saying i refuse that narrative so there's a real positive shift in i think birthing practices and maybe um asking for help in that sense but that journey is very long it's not just motherhood is you know it's for life yeah and that it, we've had that conversation where you're like i i feel like i need to do this and i, I want to do that and i'm like Baki, you've got three kids you've got a baking business you know you don't have to do anymore god you just you, you're you doing a lot girl <laughs> and you're like really yeah <laughs> like yeah you you really are but it is a mindset thing though because even
0: with mine i'm doing I'm, i on paper i look like i'm doing a lot but everything's kind of in unison with the kids like yeah. I've, I've made sure that i don't i don't compromise on their time so when they are at home I am with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Whatever, even my baking business, I will get up at two, three o'clock to bake if I need to, just so everything is done before the kids get up, so that I can spend time with the kids. And yeah. it just goes back to this thing. Yeah, I'm working. Uh, you know, it looks like I'm doing a lot, but it doesn't feel it.
1: It really yeah. doesn't feel
0: it. I'm like, yeah, bring it on. You know, I can yeah. try and fit it all. I got 24 I can, hours in a day. But yeah, as it, long
1: as you make some new time.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, I'm working on that. I am working on it. Yeah. You know, through yeah. this podcast, I've learned I have to make this me time and I have started implementing things. And I think the kids are seeing that, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps because then mm-hmm. the kids start valuing your time a bit more as well. um, Because mm-hmm. I always laugh about it that they because they're so used to seeing me like with them, because when they are here, it's like, right, that's their time. i make sure I don't try and take things on at their time. So anything yeah. I do is either after they've gone to sleep or before they wake up.
1: Yeah, now that they're all in school, it'd be yeah. Easy. Now that they're all in school, but it's just funny
0: because they they literally think that mommy is like the be all and end all. So anything that needs doing, they will come to me, even if their dad's sitting right next to them. Aww. I'll be in a completely different room doing something. They'll come upstairs just to ask me for something that's right next to him. Aww. Like I, I laugh about it so much to them because I'm like, you know, I'm so used to the fact that I'm here and I'm mm. doing it that they just mm. don't. It, it's not even. It doesn't even cross their mind that okay, let me just ask my dad. It's right next to you him. Gotta
1: gotta <laughs> retrain them I'm, I'm like hey baba's here now <laughs> we're gonna split time he's very he's very helpful and yeah um, we're, we're so grateful with, but we got lucky with yeah your husband's very helpful and i'm yeah. also yeah. very grateful that we have hands-on yeah, yeah it's a new generation of dads yeah they're not i like, think that's
0: that yeah i think that, that helps the narrative too
1: that, oh my goodness you
0: know now i don't think it's this thing about Men go to work, women stay at home, or you know anything like that. Now you're seeing a lot more dads being a lot more hands-on, doing sure. so much more with their with their children. I think it's great. I think it really
1: helps that's, build that's the positivity. future. Yeah, that's the only way we're going to be able to get out of this uh, so-called mindset with having very supportive husbands who value what we're doing, who actually value and um, remind us. You know, remind me all the time, Kishori. That's <laughs> thank you for everything you do. Like, not that I have to hear it, but. You know, sometimes we forget yeah. what the the importance, and we start thinking, okay, I need to do all these other things. You so just it's a bit a pilot, aren't you? And then, like, yeah. you need to be reminded, yeah.
0: But yeah. I think I think it's great that we have that that we can do much more, but at the same time, not feel like we're having that's to compromise sure. and we're in competition and things like that. I don't think I think when when we kind of overcome that, I think that's where yeah. the beauty of motherhood is, because then you start appreciating Actually, it for what it is. Yeah.
1: Yes. And, and, and your trust issues are not so great anymore. You, you, you realize, okay, I can trust this, this man in my life and he is going to look after me. You know, then, then, then I I reject the narrative of like this movie. (laughs) Don't worry, darling. I'm like, when my husband says, don't worry, darling, I'm like, thank God. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I am not worried because I know you're here for me. Yeah.
0: Well, on that note, I think it was great chatting to you. Uh, yes. Thank you so much for coming on and, and giving an, us an insight to all the knowledge oh, that you hold. Because um, oh, we have these conversations all the time. So I was like, we need to get you on because we, we speak with so much ease about motherhood. Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate
1: it. I appreciate it too, Raki. Thanks so much. Yes.